message that she texted me this morning <laughs> that had me cracking up because you guys know I do not let my guests know what the topic is. They do not know until they come and step into this thing right here. And so this is, what she t- <laughs> this is what she texted me this morning, y'all. Good morning. I love you, but today I kind of hate you. I've been given absolutely no guidance or direction <laughs> reference today's podcast. I don't know what to wear, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to talk about, whatever it is we're going to talk about. I mean, even Auntie Oprah gave her guests the subject matter. This is torture. Ah, maybe that is the topic. What's the best way to torture your girlfriends? <laughs> Ask them to blindly follow you and tell them nothing about we you are leading them. So guess what, y'all? But then she says, well, only because it's you and I know that trust is the name of the game. And so we're going to pray about that because guess what? That is so true. And I just share with Vivian and I'll share with you guys that I really, I am so out here on this trust thing with this journey that I have no idea even what the topics are going to be until I get them because I asked Viv to be on here last week and I literally just got the topic yesterday. And so I'm just all about trusting him and 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 he will always give that Uh-oh. to me. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Did we lose connection? I, I can, can hear you hear now. Me. Okay, cool. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and pray I and then I you can hear me? Yes. Okay. All right. We're going to go ahead and pray. And then I am going to introduce my guest, none other than Dr. Vivian Luke. And I'm going to turn it over to her. But let's go ahead and have a quick word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come right now, first and foremost, thanking you, God, for this day. Thanking you for this opportunity, Lord God. I thank you that Viv had time to sit down and chit-chat with me, Father God. And so I know that this will be amazing, Father God, that some things will be revealed today that will be able to assist, encourage, inspire someone else. So Lord, we turn it over to you right now in your son Jesus name. We pray. Amen. 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 I know I kind of hear a little bit of a back. Um, I don't know why I hear some back noise. Let me see if I can fix it a little bit. I don't know. Okay. Can you hear me good though? Yes. Okay. It's a bit of a delay, but it's all good. Okay. So 
Guys, like I said, in the building today, I have Dr. Vivian Luke, who is going to be chit-chatting with me today. And the topic of conversation today is... Drum roll, because I still don't know what it is. Friends. More specifically, sister friends. Yes. Love it. See? Now we're... <laughs> Why don't my... I... <laughs> I told you. Sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, a sigh of relief. Woo. That could have been anything. You could have invited me on this broadcast to talk about botany or something. I'd be like, girl, I don't even think about any of that. But okay, we can pray on that. <laughs> All right, Dr. Vivian Luke, please introduce yourself. Tell the, the, the people what you want them to know about who you are what you do, whatever it is, I leave it up to you guys. And and I do have a question. I, I've been knowing Viv and I don't even know what the doctor stands for. I just know she's Dr. Vivian Luke. I don't know what she has a doctorate in because guess what? Our friendship, it, I mean, like we just people, we just sisters and, and that's it. But anyway, I'm going to be quiet. I'm not going to pre. Go ahead, Viv. Give them what you want to give them what All you right, want to know. Um, yes, my name is Vivian Luke. Uh, I have a PhD in political science and technology from the one and only the Mecca Howard University. Um, I am a mom of two girls and most proud of, and um, my area of expertise is, well, now I'm actually transitioning careers. I was a government contractor for 20 plus years, and now I'm moving over and moving back into um, very much a creative space and going back to my creative roots. And um, in the process of um, finalizing, well, I finished a script and I'm in the process of going through some steps so that I can then shop my script. I wrote a script that was based on a book that I wrote and published, self-published in 2018 called Fake. Uh, and that is, uh, the name of the book is actually has, it actually has two meanings. It's uh, representative of each of the four main characters in the book, Faith, Adrian, Krishna, and Evelyn. And it also is indicative of how inauthentic each of their lives really are. And the book essentially is about these four fabulous women who have this, these great lives, the envy of everyone around them. Um, but behind the scenes, all hell is breaking loose and only they know how bad the situation is for each of them. And the goal of that book really was to speak about how important our friendships are, our sisterhoods are, um, when we deal and have to navigate through life's conflicts because when life shows up you can't navigate your way through it by yourself at least not in a good and healthy way i don't think and so um the book really i really wanted to just focus on the importance of good quality relationships in the form of girlfriend friendships to get you get you through some really tough times um in life and all it's a book of fiction but all the scenarios are true in the book so grab a copy. It's on Amazon and Kindle. <laughs> See, you know what? She just so ahead of herself. I, I mean, just so ahead. But thank you for sharing that. We was going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to move that in there. Yeah. But guess what? That's what you're supposed to be. Always on brand. Always on marketing. I mean, always on brand. So exactly. And so that's exactly why this is the topic of conversation. Because of, I mean, not just fake, but also because of, the friendship and the bond that you and I 
quickly made, you know, yeah. I mean, just from a writing class. I mean, we met at, uh, at Akatique Women's Writing Group and Viv and I just connected right from the start. And it's so funny. We laugh about it because we were in the class, in the writing group and we came out and we walked out together and we winded up standing outside, I think, and talking for like another hour or so <laughs> out in the parking lot. To the point where I was late going to pick up my kid from aftercare. <laughs> I was in the parking lot talking to the stranger, Georgette, who had me laughing and we laughed and cried actually on that day. Do you remember yes. that? Yes. We laughed and cried on that day. We shared so much, but it was an immediate connection. And, and it's my friendship with you, to be very honest, has just been one of the joys of my life, honestly. I, I have felt the kindred spirit with you from day one. Thank you. And I don't believe that anything happens by accident or coincidence. All of, all of what we do and encounter is divinely orchestrated. So I thank yes. God for our friendship. Yes, yeah. me too. And so that's why, I mean, when he gave it to me, I was like, of course, this is exactly what we need to talk about. And so I, I just want you to define what, you know, a sister friend means to you. What, what does that mean when you hear that word? Oh, my goodness. I get a warm feeling when I hear that word. It's one of those um, words for me that where I get a physiological reaction to it. Um, the best way for me to describe a sisterhood or the word is um, standing on the shore and the water is just lapping at your feet and there's this very soft breeze. And it sounds kind of corny, but to me, there's a warmth in that. And when you have a very strong connection with another woman, um, where you literally don't, almost don't have to speak your pain, she can feel your pain. Mm. That's a level of connection that is just, God-like to me. And I know that firsthand because of some things that I've had to deal with in my life where, um, and Georgette, you have been privy to some of the things as well, where you literally don't have to speak the words. Even if you're over the telephone, the energy is so real that the person on the other end feels your pain and can empathize. And even if she just chooses to just say, can I pray with you to get you through something? Um, or whatever it is that you're dealing with. It's that special relationship, that bond, that to me defines sisterhood. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I felt the water on my feet. I was like, mm, yes. <laughs> well, you know, I'm very descriptive now. You know, I'm very... I know, I know, exactly, exactly. And so with that being said, how important, then is it for you or how is it important for any woman, any of us to have sister friends? You know, it's interesting because um, the immediate response I have to that, to that question is it's critically important, but I don't think that we really appreciate its importance or I, mm. let me speak for myself. I did not appreciate, really appreciate how critically important those friendships were until I became a mother. Um, 
And then as life started to show up, you know, through marriage and, and being a mom and being a mom, um, my relationships with my girlfriends meant even more. And I think that's a, a bit of a sad testimony also because I've had girlfriends um, who have been friends of mine for years before I married and before I got married. And um, I personally don't think that I appreciated our friendship or friendships um, as much as I do now at that time. And for those who... For those of you who know who you are, I'm sorry for that, but maybe I just needed to grow up, you know, mm. into this and into my womanhood in order to truly appreciate my girlfriends. Um, and sometimes, you know, life has to show up for you in ugly ways for you to really appreciate the people around you. But I pray that as I raise my two girls, that I'm teaching them through my own example relative to my relationships with my girlfriends, that girlfriend time is so important to your, it's sort of like, um, it's important to the balance. Cause I believe that there's, it's important to have balance in all things and your girlfriend time and your girlfriend relationships. It's really, really important to just kind of keep in that balance in your, in your spirit. There's something mm. that about those relationships that are just, it's, it doesn't compare to anything else. So if you don't have any girlfriends, you better go get you some because <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you're going out. I just don't know how you're navigating your way through this world right now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, it's and, and I mean, you know, just <clears throat> as a little sidebar, you know, and and each of our sister friends and our girlfriends um, play a different role. You know what I mean? And so you know that you really have a good sister chip or a good sister friends when even if you don't talk every day, every month, I mean, you know, you and I don't talk as often as we probably could and should, but it doesn't matter. Like right. we can go three months and, and if you call me or if, if I call you, like, it's just like, we just talked yesterday, yesterday. you know? Oh, absolutely. And we laugh for the first 30 minutes and then we get about the business or whatever the call was for. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. You know, you don't have to talk to your, your sister girlfriends um, every day when you have that special relationship with them. Because it's really more about the quality of the time spent than the amount of time that's spent, right? So that's how I see it anyway. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's true. So, of course, you know, I have to go here with this question and, and, and then I'm going to chime in but I want to hear what you think because and then I'll kind of give a little take on what I think too about this but this is like something that has really been prevalent in the past but what's your take like on the whole idea that women can't get along oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I only breathe that sigh because for too long I think that we we are at times our own worst enemy. Um, somewhere along the lines, I don't know if it was the previous generation, we were convinced that um, we can't trust one another. But what's interesting about that is my, I, my grandmother's generation seemed to have trusted one another more. 
Um, and I don't know if then my mom's generation showed enough example um, for my then, for my generation to believe that we can all get along. My, my thing is that we need not believe that. We need to change the paradigm or the thinking associated with that. I'm not saying that just because she's a woman, you're gonna get along with all women. That's not the case. But I do believe very strongly that for those women who um, you have a connection with or who have proven themselves to you in some fashion um, as being trustworthy with your, with, your, um, with your feelings, being trustworthy with your um, willingness to share business information, whatever it may be, value those relationships. And we, we should not be crabs in a bucket as women. We have too much in common. We have too much share. Uh, we have much to give. And I think we actually do so much better when we work together also um, a lot of times. Yeah. And, and, and what I wanted to say about that too is that, um, you know, I was doing a, a podcast interview actually um, with someone else and they asked me a question about, you know, my haters or whatever. And I really had to think because I was like, you know, I, I don't know if I have any, or if I do, I don't know where they are because I guess as we grow and as we mature, you know, we go to different levels where we just don't even attract that. I think that it's all about your energy, like you said, and where you are and your mindset. And as we get older, we just have different things that we're focusing on as we, um, get more mature in the word as well um that I, I don't focus on that like and and if they are out there like i'm so serious like people are like oh, I should, like i don't know because and i'm just me all the time so either you, <laughs> i just grow on people i just grow on people like they just <laughs> and, and and maybe i'm not for everybody but like that, that it's cool like i'm i'm at a space now where it's cool you know what i mean like it don't even bother me yeah so hallelujah yeah. Hallelujah, because you're not dragging around those limitations anymore. I heard something the other day. I had to write it down. I'm really bad at um, kind of remembering quotes, and I wish I, I was. I, I don't know if there's a skill like you can, somebody can teach me how to <laughs> remember certain quotes. <laughs> but um, someone said, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Mm. Jim Quick said that. I always believe in giving, you know, the citation. But I believe that because um, no one else is going to believe anything you say or anything that you do or want to do um, or plan to do or spend your time doing if you don't believe it yourself. You have to believe. You have to believe in yourself. I've learned that over the years. Um, I even wear something around my neck that, that just simply says believe. And um, limitations are, they hinder and they paralyze and they incarcerate your thinking. And I believe very strongly that as, especially as women, you know, I think that we can help each other break those barriers down. Um, and be very encouraging to one another. 
it just feels different when a woman encourages you. Not to say that when men uh, show support that it doesn't have an impact, but there's something very different about a woman who's really supporting you, you know, and pushing you and encouraging you and saying positive things about you and and um, and just even offering to hold you up when you feel like you're, you're you're stumbling a little bit. It just hits differently when a woman is in your corner. And uh, I think more of us should embrace that. And I think more of us should um, should do our part to help and support other women, especially the young women coming up. Yes. That's so important. I, I mean, that's really, really important because like you said, I mean, we're somewhere along the way during these generations, something got lost. And so now it's up to us to be the game changers to to fix it and to make sure that we are lifting up the, the younger generation um, that's coming behind us to know that you guys, like, we are better together, you know, um, and so I just wrote, what am I, my, yesterday when I did my 11 a.m. prayer, my sister-in-law, uh, my sister was with me and she, she said something, we, we were up at 4.30 in the morning, she's in Germany right now, and we were just talking and brainstorming, and we were on the phone for like three hours, and she said something so profound that I had to repeat it, she said, collaboration is the new us, you're not my competition, and I was like, wow. Right. It was it was power in that. And so, yeah, we just yeah. have to know that. And like it is it's just so amazing. And I love it because women are we're everything. I'm going to say because I'm a woman and, and it's my podcast. And so I can say it. <laughs> we're, no, uh, we're everywhere. <laughs> We've been carrying the bag on world. And these men made a mess of things. We need to put things. <laughs> We need to fix this thing. I mean, what the heck is going on? Yeah, this man, but... I'm tired. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I love men too. Don't you know? Don't get it twisted. I love men too. But I'm just let me make it exactly. Let's make it very plain. Absolutely. So we we just over here shit. But I'm saying, you know, we we can do so much more. I mean, that's everybody too. We we. Yes. Every one together can do so much more when we are um, just together. And so yeah. just going to leave that right there. But I, and I also wanted to add before I move on to that, I think though, Viv, that we definitely, I can see the shift. Um, and I know that women are collaborating like more than ever before. Like, you know, and I think, like I said, I think it just depends on where you are. And as you, mature and as you yourself become rid of those limitations like you said and not looking at you as kind of, we're both writers we're both authors we both have books I'm not look you know what I'm saying like it's enough room out here for everyone and I think that we really it's not as prevalent as it used to be or at least in the circles that I'm in so let me just say that because I can only speak for myself and so that's the whole point of that question and what just Surround yourself with other sisters that are really rooting for you, that are cheering for you, that have you um, yes. in their corner, that can fix your crown when it's falling, that can tell you the truth when you need to hear the truth, all of those things. And so that's, and, that's and just what... You know, it's one thing to be able to tell people or to speak truth to people, but then you also have to be willing to receive it. 
You must be willing to receive it. Open your, your spirit and your heart to receiving it. Um, of course, the delivery of the truth makes a difference as well, right? It should come from a loving and, and pure place. But I think it's really important to be willing to open your heart and your spirit to receiving it. And when you spoke about collaboration, I mean, women have always been in the shadows and in the background, you know, collaborating, working together. I know that. Um, and we saw we saw that in this last uh, election in Georgia, for sure. You know, it was women that that uh, towed that line and made things happen. But now it's also our time and turn, I think, to come from behind the the curtain and and from um, and from being in the shadows to being now in the forefront and um, taking on um, a more prominent role, at least in front of the camera, if you will. Um, and not in the shadows anymore. So I think we're on our way to that. Yes, definitely. Definitely. All right. Yep. All right. That's good. We're going to leave that one right on there and go. So I want to know, and you kind of talked on it a little bit, um, always ahead of the game. Boy, these creative people, I'm telling you, we just, we can't never, uh, <laughs> we always want to take over and be ahead of the game. So Anyway, I want to know what is Vivian working on right now? And you mentioned it, your script, and just tell us how this whole thing got started. And but let's start on what you're working on right now. Right now, I'm in the process of following a few steps um, so that I can then shop what they call shop my script. So I have to officially get it copyrighted. And then I have to do what they call an artist um, read or actors read, sorry, um, where they literally will essentially act out the script so that I can catch anything, make any changes and adjustments. And then I have to submit it to an organization that will review it and they will um, essentially put a stamp of recommend uh, approval, if you will, on it. And then once I get that stamp of approval, then I'll be in a position to literally shop it around to um, movie houses or Netflix or, you know, any type of organizations like that. So I'm excited about that process. Um, I'm also, I've been, I, I started the sequel, but I've been really slow in moving that forward because time is, I just need more time in the day. Um, and then I wanted to write volume two to my boudoir monologues, which as you know, Georgette uh, is my soft erotica that I had written. I wrote one volume under my pen name, Lane Ward, um, some time ago. And I feel now it's time for volume two, which is also a bit overdue. So, And I've been in the process of writing a few one-pagers for uh, film and television. And I've been submitting those as well with a partner. So I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very excited. So I before before we get into that second part of how it started, I wanna touch on something that I really want to um it, it was a bonus question that I had, but you kind of touched on it on this one. So I'm gonna go right there now. So I want to know what advice can you give to someone who is conflicted um, about their writing and just, you know, writing in 
this is entertaining sometimes what we're writing, but as you said, you do uh, have a pen name and you write a little soft erotica under another name. And so what advice could you give to someone who's kind of conflicted and struggling because they're having a hard time with writing in a different genre or even writing period and they are saved or they are they they find it a little bit conflicting because of God and being judged and and people thinking oh well she's saved but yes she's writing that because you're saved and you are definitely a child of God and so what can you tell people because I know people probably struggle with that. And so what type of advice could you give someone that is, you know, facing that right now because they they won't birth the book because they're wondering about what people are going to think or, you know, what all of those things that we sometimes, and sometimes it's just things to keep us stuck. So what, what, what advice can you give on that? Um, that's a good question for a lot of reasons, but as you were asking the question, the very first thought I had was you have to be true to yourself. I believe strongly that we have all been given gifts, but we also have a responsibility to share our gifts with the world. And so if your gift is writing or something else, um, you have to be true to the art form and be willing to follow it through, meaning follow the gift through. Um, don't sit on your gift because the end result is, and the goal should be to share your gift with the world. And if you're worried about how your gift is going to be interpreted by someone else or other people, um, or whether or not you're gifted enough, you know, when you, when you make the mistake really of comparing yourself to others, um, you'll never put it out there. You'll literally just sit on it. It'll be dormant and you will not do what God intended you to do with the gift that he gave you. And I'm a big advocate of, it doesn't have to be perfect. There's no such thing as perfection. Um, even in my professional consulting life, you know, I always tell clients, shoot for the 80-20 and the 80% is as close to perfection as you'll get. And the 20% is that piece that is always going to be tweaked or refined. You'll never, you'll never reach a hundred percent. And if your goal is a hundred percent, you'll never put that work out there. So if you're a writer and you've never written anything, but you feel like you you could just start, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just write what's in your head and you can clean it up later, but get it out of your head and onto paper. Um, or onto your laptop or iPad or whatever it is. Um, I don't think that, I, I guess I've gotten to the point now where, you know, I, I'm not concerned about how my writing is viewed in certain circles. I chose to write soft erotica because I'm in love with the language, with, Eng with the English language. And I know that there's so many different ways and words that can be used to express um, something as beautiful as love and something as beautiful as the intimacy between a man and a woman. And it can be done without being raunchy. And so, and for some people, raunchy is great. Um, but when I was writing my erotica, I didn't 
I purposely didn't read anyone else's erotica because I didn't want to be influenced by someone else's writing. I just wrote what was in my spirit. And I wrote from a place of um, experience in the sense that my book is uh, based on um, these vignettes. And so the, the main character is a photojournalist and she travels the world. And I'm what one would call an airline brat. And so I've been to a lot of the places that I've written about and her encounter with her love interest, who I couldn't come up with a name, <laughs> so I called him Mr. Right on Time. Um, you know, he meets her in these various places and they have these wonderful experiences in these beautifully exotic places. And so that's where my, and how my erotica sort of came to be, but I never worried about, oh, you know, if my parents read it, what are they gonna think? In fact, <laughs> they, they did read it <laughs> and uh, they were impressed. <laughs> That was kind of funny. It was a little <laughs> funny, and um, but you know, and I and I just I just wanted to stay true to what was natural for me and what felt right for me. And I think if you do that, then the 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 notion of being conflicted will soon wane, and you won't even worry about any of that. You just have to say stay true to who you are. Cool. I love it. Yeah. I, it's so funny because I actually thought of that question just like right before we started this interview, it came up and, and I'm glad that it did. I'm glad that it was downloaded because I know that a lot of people are struggling with that. Like that's something that is, you know, they're like, God, you gave me this gift, but yet, you know, they're thinking about, <clears throat> does it go against, and like you said, you have to be true. That's something that you have to sit with him about and then, you know, go and have that conversation and then don't allow that to be a distraction on why you're not. And then just be too, true to yourself. And if it does bother you so much, then maybe you do need to go back and, and, and look at it. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the true answer is, but I just want people to know because, um, being a writer and an author myself, you know, it is um, something that, you know, I thought about in the past and things that I continue to think about as I move forward. But like you say, it's, a, it's another gift that God has given me and I enjoy it. That's my passion. Like, you know, I know what my purpose is. And I always said, you know, God, get me to my purpose so I can enjoy my passions. And passion is definitely a right, you know, writing is a passion of mine. And so, and then I can be another person when I'm writing too, because that's how I look at it. I don't know how you look at when you're, you know, I get to pick these wonderful characters and, and all of those things. And, and it's so amazing. And that's why I really love um, the art of writing and, and all of that. So, but let's back up. I had to get that question in because you, you touched on it and I was like, oh, this is perfect right here. But tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you said you're working on a script of fake and, but how did, how did fake come about? Like, let's talk about that. And actually I'm sitting here, I have the book like right next to me, my autographed copy too of fake. So just tell us how this got started. Um, you know, how, how, how did you even come up with fake and, and where was it birthed and just all of that goodness. It's an excellent book guys. I read it too. So just make sure you get your copy, but I'll tell we'll touch on that later too, but yeah, give us on how you got started. And Okay. Um, well, thank you for, uh, bringing fake up. Fake came on the heels of 
when life just kind of showed up at my doorstep. That's probably the best way to describe that. Um, I Well, let me just back up one quick step. Over the years, I had always kind of figured, oh, at some point, you know, I'm going to be a writer when I decide to retire or something. And um, so I always felt like I had a book in me. But fate came about because I was going through something that was very life altering. Um, and it was a divorce. And it was um, it was a difficult time in my life. And we had two children and, you know, everything that I thought was sort of um, was my normal was now up, turned upside down. And through the process of divorce and um, confiding in a few friends and also hearing the stories of other women over the years prior to myself experiencing divorce firsthand, um, I realized that there are so many women who are like me. Um, you know, you're educated, you're um, successful professionally, um, you are married, you have children, um, but now, in my case, all hell's breaking loose behind the scenes and no one knows it outside of your immediate circle. And even that's limited because it depends on how much you're willing to share um, and what you're willing to tell your friends and um, how honest you want to be. And so you're going about your life in this, it's almost like in a bubble, you know, because there's nothing authentic about it. You're still wearing your wedding ring. You're acting like everything is normal. Um, you're still Mrs. So-and-so and you're going to these events and such. But the reality is you're very unhappy. You're dealing with a life altering situation. Um, you come home to really just, you know, an unhappy space and there's nothing authentic about your life anymore. And it's a very unsettling place to be. And so fate came about because of these experiences. It wasn't just my own, but it was also the stories that I had heard over the years from other women who, unlike me, decided to stay in their marriages and literally are just living in a very inauthentic existence. Um, and, and they, and they're miserable. And so I decided to write the book. It, it is, like I said, it's a work of fiction, but the scenarios are all real. Um, and I decided to write the book because it was a story that needed to be told. There's a whole, um, group of, of successful women who are just simply not living very authentic lives. You know, they're draped, or I'll even say we are draped in um, everything that looks like our successes in terms of designer fashions and shoes and bags and you taking these great trips and all these things, but you're not happy. Um, and so the book really speaks to, it speaks to that. And it also makes clear that while you may think you're alone, you're really not alone. And if you're really honest with yourself and you decide to share your experiences with um, women who, who you trust, then together you can get through your various situations um, fairly in a healthy way. So that's how fate came to be. And what's interesting about that is um, I self-published that book uh, after having a literary agent, actually, and it didn't get picked up by a major publishing house. 
um, for a variety of reasons. I never got any bad reviews. Um, it was just that they weren't trying, whatever they were trying to fill in terms of their uh, catalogs at that time, fake didn't uh, factor. So, um, but the reviews I got were all great. And so I decided to self-publish it because I felt, as I was writing it, I felt two things. One, it, it played like a movie in my head. And the second thing was, I, I just wanted it to be able to touch one person one woman um, ideally, and, and men have read it too, but I just wanted it to touch and make a difference in the life of one person. And I've sold over 600, maybe 700 copies now. And I've received quite a bit of positive feedback. Um, I've received text messages and phone calls. And, um, and I only chuckle because some of the comments are, I can't believe that happened or she did that or he did this or whatever from the book. Um, but I've also received comments from people I've never met who have reached out to me and said, you know, thank you for writing that book while it was entertaining. Um, it also really hit home in a lot of ways. And um, and one one woman actually told me that because of the book, it gave her the strength and the confidence to make a, a very serious decision that she needed to make. Um, and she said, I don't know you know, what my future looks like, but your book really did give me the strength to do it. And so I was very moved by that. Um, and, you know, it, so I just pray that my book um, continues to um, embolden and strengthen those who need it. And um, that possibly even it can be some sort of um, a light force of positivity for folks who kind of feel a little stuck even um, in their situation. Awesome. I thank you. And I mean, it really is a good book, guys. I'm not just saying that because Viv and I are friends. It really is because it, like she said, it uncovers. And I love the, the cover with the mask on the front because so many people are living behind masks and they're, they're, they're portraying things that just really aren't true. And so, I, I wanted to know, as you were talking and I was listening to you, I wrote down something else because, of course, the title of this is Friends and Sisterships. And so with releasing and birthing this book, I, I just something came up. Um, has this or how has um, releasing fate, you know, change your sisterships or change your your sister friends or change the relationships that you have had with women? Because like we said, so many people are, you know, um, only giving out a little bit of information to the, to the people that they're calling sister friends. And they're really, really just walking around like hurting and not sharing. And it's, it's amazing. Like you said, because people that you don't even know are now reaching out to you and saying, Hey, and, and it's in giving them courage to now to share and to be open and to be honest about what they're going through. And so, with you birthing this, how has that changed your relationships with your your sister friends? Um, I think, well, I think I can probably answer the question in two ways. One, it's strengthened um, at least one relationship, I think, that um, in hindsight, I wish I would have shared what I was going through with that person at that time a little sooner because when I did speak to my girlfriend about what I was dealing with at that time, um, she literally shed tears for me 
And her comment was, I had no idea that you were going through any of that. And I feel like I was a failure to you as a friend. And um, it touched me because I realized that I had not been a friend to her because I didn't, I was embarrassed. I was ashamed of what was going on. I didn't think that, you know, you go into a marriage, you don't think it's going to end in divorce. So now I'm thinking I'm a statistic. My kids are a statistic, all these things. And I just did not want to shed any light about any of that with her. I don't know what it was about our friendship where I felt like I couldn't speak to her in hindsight because I literally could talk to her about anything. But for whatever reason, I didn't. And it hurt her that I didn't feel that I could. Um, and it hurt me that she felt that way, to be honest. And But through that conversation, and I had to tell her, this had nothing to do with you. This was all about me um, and and my unwillingness to, to open up. And I think it's because I was so uh, um, buried under the weight of the entire process that I just couldn't share. And what was interesting, though, about that particular person is that um, not only was she in my wedding, but she said to me that I was there for you on your wedding day and I will be there for you on the day you divorce. And so um, in addition to my mom, she was there at the courthouse with me on the day of my divorce. Um, and that just speaks to the depth of that sisterhood, that friendship, that I will never forget that person for ever. I mean, it took our friendship for me to such a deeper, deeper level. Um, I don't even know if she realizes how impactful her tears were uh, on me that day and her presence was for me that day um, on the day that, you know, I was going through the, the sort of the final stages of the divorce. And um, so my book and really the book came came about as a result of the experience that I had. It it brought several friendships a lot closer and friendships that I thought would have sustained the test of time no longer exist. <laughs> so that was also an eye opener um, because when, what you will find is that, you know, there are some friendships that maybe they are not defined the way you define them. Um, you may think of your friendship with an individual as a lot as, as being a lot more, um, um, substantive and a situation occurs and you find out that it had been superficial all the while. Uh, and, and life altering situations, um, sometimes cause other people to look in the mirror and that's a very uncomfortable place for them to be. And so they self eliminate. And I found that to be the case also when I was going through my divorce, um, and the book probably reinforced some things for some folks. And so some friendships, didn't last. And I'm fine with that. Um, because, you know, the cream rose to the top and the, the, you know, the ones who, um, the ones who matter are still in my life. And that's all again, divinely orchestrated. And I thank God for that every day. I do. I thank God every single day for having brought me through all that I've gone through, but more importantly, surrounding me with um, 
those sister girlfriends, sister mom girlfriends is what I call them, sister mom girlfriends um, who, you know, just literally were pillars for me in many ways, in many, many ways. So, I mean, I, I in many, many ways. <laughs> That's the only way for me to describe it. I, I almost want to shed tears right now just thinking about how, um, how helpful so many of them were and they did not even know. They did not even know. But my, I'll be honest, I have a neighbor who, you know, she would just allow my kid, my youngest of the two to play with her daughter. And she has no idea. I did tell her, but she had no idea at the time how helpful that was for me because it gave me just an hour or two of quiet time in my house or enough time for me to make a phone call or to talk to my lawyer or to cry or whatever it is that my spirit needed at that time. It was very helpful. So your help comes in a variety of ways and it comes from a variety of people. Um, but your help always comes. You know, Jesus had help carrying the cross. So God shows up and when he shows up, sometimes you don't even know he's showing up. But at the end of the night, I know what I do. I thank him. I thank him on my knees every night. And I always tell people in the morning, I, I'm on my knees before I'm on my feet. So that's how I start my day and that's how I end my day because I would not be here if it were not for God's grace. Mm. Yep, that, that I know for sure. That I know for sure. And I will stand on the top of the roof of my house and scream <laughs> how if I have to, um, because it's, it hasn't been an easy road, but it's the road that, you know, he designed for me. And um, the best part about that is that I know that I don't traverse any part of the road alone and I am never alone. Um, along my journey ever ever so that's awesome thank you i love it i love it i love it so of course i always ask this question and you you went right into it i'm telling you god is so good he just it just happens it just it has been happening and i know that every person that i sit down with that is just orchestrated by him because it's like you roll right into the next thing and so I ask everyone, what does prayer mean to you? Because that is the foundation of everything that I stand on. And so whether good, bad, indifferent, no matter what I'm going through, I I know that I can go to him in prayer. And so I just like to know what does that mean for other people? So what does prayer mean to you? <clears throat> You know, prayer, I've learned over the years that prayer is not or does not have to be any type of formal, beautifully spoken, eloquently designed words. It really and most literally is a conversation with God. That's all it is. So for me, 
the ability to talk to God, even if it's just saying, help me, Lord, or thank you, Lord. It's just being able to, to know that I can speak to him at any time of the day, at any place in this world, doing anything at all. And there's a level of comfort that I um, feel with that because you go through so many, you know, twists and turns in your life and ups and downs, but just knowing that whether you're up or you're down, um, that he is always there. And you don't have to pick up the phone or drive someplace or, you know, make an appointment. You literally can just in your mind have a conversation with him. You can speak words out of your mouth anywhere you are and have a conversation with him. There's a there's such an immense level of comfort associated with that. That words don't even are words cannot even describe it. And so for me, prayer is everything because it is my daily conversation with God. Look, I don't know how other people get a chance to talk to him because I'm talking to him all day long. I don't know how y'all squeeze in, but good luck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking to God all day. He's got to be like, Lord, here she go again. Yes, because you said I can. Yep. And he's there all the time. And I'm so thankful for that. I am. I'm so thankful for that. So for me, prayer is everything. But most importantly, for those who don't know, prayer is just a conversation with God. And that's what I tell my kids. You know, just talk to God. Mm. And then be still. You know, we talk to God and we ask for stuff and whatever. And then we so busy trying to fix things. No, sit your butt down and just be still for a minute and let him handle it. Yeah. Like my mother says, you know, I'm just going to leave that or leave the person at the foot of the cross. Took me years to understand what that meant. Not literally, you know, I mean, there's not that. I mean, just say it, leave it with God and go about your business. Don't try and figure it out. Let him do that. Hmm. I like that one. Yeah. I love the sayings of, I love sitting under, uh, under our mature folks. That's what I'm going to say, because they give you so many nuggets of information. And it's like, you know, we just, as we grow and mature in this thing, we, we learn more and more, you know, just like my grandma, I used to love, I, I stayed at my grandma's a lot. I sat under my grandmother a lot and I miss her so much even to, but you know, one of her, you go, you got to know what you know, what you know, baby. She used to always say that. And I would be like, grandma, what does that mean? Like, you got to know what you know, what you know, baby. And I would be like, okay, I don't know. But now as you get older, my God, you got to know what you know, what you know, baby. And I'm not even going to explain it. I'm going to leave it right there like you said your mom do. And when that knowing comes, you will know. 
You will definitely, definitely know. And I had to laugh. I was over here. I muted myself because, I mean, I get to laughing. But listen, I feel the same way. I'm like, God, I know God's like, oh, my God. Here comes Georgia again. Good group. I, I like you said, I don't know how he get to everybody. Like, I, I just, that's why I love him so much. Because, I mean, like, he can get to me and he can still get to you. Like, can you imagine? My God, we talked about that yesterday, too. I can't even imagine. And I'm, I'm just going to throw this out. And, and for the people, and, and you touched on it, so, and, I, and I'm saying it in love. For the people who say, it's not enough time in the day. I want you to marinate on this. Just imagine what God's day looks like. Because if you coming to him, like you said, I'm coming to him. And it's, I mean, there's a lot of us coming to him. And so we got to find the time like we do. And this is for me too. Because when someone, my, someone told me that and I was like, man, that kind of, she was like, I'm saying it in love. But, and I was like, wow. But it kind of puts things in perspective because I know I'm talking to him a lot and you just said you talking to him a lot. And we on the yeah. people. <laughs> I'm on his horn constantly. Matter of fact, I never hang up. It's an open line with me. So that's why I don't know how y'all get through. I'm sorry if you get a busy signal because I, my line is always open. <laughs> and he's, that. he's never admonished me about that. And thank you, Lord. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I'm fine with that. I'm telling you. Yes. All right. So. <laughs> We're about winding this thing up, but I cannot go without. I always do some Bible trivia. So, and I've made it easy now because everybody, when I said it, they be like, what? Like, look at her. Yes, her face. <laughs> so I've made it easy now. I, I've turned it into multiple choice. So we're going to do a little bit of Bible trivia and it's not putting people, I just like doing it. Cause it's, it's just funny to see people's faces when I say that. And then it's just funny. Like, I mean, and, but it's also, a, it's also a lesson. Like, cause now, you know, we get to learn some, some Bible stuff. What'd you say, Viv? I said, I'm over here shaking my head and I'm talking and I was muted, but I was like, Lord, not a setup. <laughs> okay. Hi, hi. Just done another setup. No, it's all it's all done in love. Okay, so this is the question. Multiple choice too. So I told you I made it easy before. I wasn't even multiple choice. Okay, so how does Judas signal Jesus's identity to the Roman officials? A by drinking wine. B by greeting Jesus with a kiss, C, falling asleep, or D, cutting off the servant's ear? B, with that daggone kiss. C, you got it right. Was it hard? I told you. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know how many questions. If that's the only question, I passed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only question. It was just one question. It's so oh, really? oh, Excellent. Yes. I was gonna blow up the answer, but I didn't want to show off. So I let you run through all the multiple choices. 
she'll give you the easy question first and there's probably two other hard ones so let me just you know slow my roll but since that was the only question i'm good to go yeah see no i've only given what i don't want people to sweat too much because people even when i say that they're like i mean if this was if this was a, a visual, you guys on the other end would crack up because when I, I get to see the I get to see the faces of people when I say Bible trivia and they just and they you know just, what's interesting. I um as a personal goal some years ago, well for many many years, I wanted to read the Bible from cover to cover. That was a personal goal, and I would start and stop, start and stop. I couldn't got a Genesis for maybe it the the lineage was just. <laughs> crazy. Um, but then this one year I decided, you know what, I'm just going to keep reading, just keep reading. And I did, I finished reading the Bible from cover to cover and I've since done it three times, but let me just say this, but <laughs> I still had real paranoia just now when you had that trivial question. <laughs> what is he going to ask me? I'm going to be embarrassed. <laughs> and so you thank know God was something easy. Yeah. Yes. And you know, you know why else I do it too? Because, um, well, I mean, God gave it to me as part of just doing this, but also because, I mean, I, I admit it all the time. I pray every day in prayer tours. I read, the, I mean, but I still don't know. There's so many things that I don't know. And, and it also helps us with getting over anxiety of, of not knowing because, and it's okay. Like, I mean, just because even if we get it wrong, it doesn't matter. Does that mean that I don't read the Bible? No. Does that mean that I don't, because guess what? This book is so amazing. It's so big. There's so much in it that we don't know that we will never know. And even if I knew it last week, but guess what? That's what I love because it's still there and I can go and find it. And when I say something wrong, when I, when I do something wrong, like I can admit that, oh my goodness, y'all, I messed up. That was so wrong. Like, don't, that was wrong because, and we have to be able to do that because you have to be transparent. I, I don't know everything, nor will I claim to know everything. And the word hits you differently too, depending on where you are in your season. You know what yeah. I mean? Because Viv, yeah. I can ask you something today, a scripture, you can give me something. And that thing will hit you differently in a month because guess what? Life happens and you could be going through something totally different in a month than you are right now. And so, but for me, it's just about getting people excited about the word of God, you know, and because, and, 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 and I, there's things I need to learn. So different versions of it that you can read um, so that it really does touch your spirit differently. The King James version is going to be different from the, you know, the amplified version, whatever it is. I just say, read this book ever written. Just read it. And I think you just read it for the purposes of filling your spirit um, with God's word. And I think there's nothing greater than that. Um, and I'm, sadly, I have to tell you, I still cannot memorize verses and all of that. It's just not my gift. And I'm fine with not having that gift. But I know where I can go. I have a general idea as to where it's located and I can find it because it's in the greatest book ever written. So if you have a relationship with God, you can't go bad with, you can't go wrong with that. Absolutely. And, 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 and to just to touch on it a little bit, like, I think that the way we grew, 
grew up and the way that people were, I, I sat down with another guest, um, Sid, and we kind of touched on that. And he said he came away from the Bible and God and all of that because of the way that it was taught to him when he was younger. And so I think now I love the way that um, God has given this to me because it is, you know, a little different and it's about just breaking those barriers and just trusting yourself and like being okay with not knowing everything. And like, that's what I want to tell people. Just like you said, if I touch one, I always say that, like, if I can just touch one person to know that, like, it's okay. Like you're never going to be perfect. Like we're not perfect people. It was only one perfect person that walked this earth and that was Jesus. And we just do the best that we can do with what we know how, but to be willing and to be open and to know, like you said, that I can go and find the answer. I may not know it. I know a little bit, but just hide something in your heart, hide one scripture, one, even if it's a piece of the scripture, like, you know what you're saying, hide something, like, don't just not have anything. We need these weapons. We need that word as a weapon. And so, but let me get off that. Cause I can be, I can get on that. And that's not even what we, <laughs> But it's just, it comes up and it just excites me. But I just want people to know, like, you know, you do not have to be perfect. We make mistakes. Like, I make mistakes. I mess up. Viv messes up. But God still loves us anyway. Anyhow, he loves us just the way we are. So, all right. But Viv, so thank you, thank you, thank you. If there are any lasting words that you made it through, see, and it wasn't bad. I'm telling y'all that uh, as I read that message earlier, this thing, she had my heart. I was over here cracking up this morning just like, because I could see her walking around on pins and needles over there. (laughs) Pins and needles over there thinking like, what the heck is going on? And the other thing too is I didn't know that this wasn't going to be um, uh, visually acceptable, uh, accessible to people. I thought it was going, I thought, you know, I was going to be on camera. So I'm like, oh my God, what am I supposed to wear? Hair, all this stuff. I was just, it was just too much. I was so stressed out. Finally, I thought to myself, you know what? Oh, I'm not going to curse on this thing. I just said I just keep it simple, man. Just like you know what, just trust your jet, and the rest will just kind of fall into place. And it has, and it's been. I mean, honestly, anything that Georgette Little John is involved in, sign me up. Sign me with my with the camera. Sign me up. I'm here for it. Okay, love that woman. I love that woman to life. And if she says, V. I'm going down to the stop sign. Meet me there. And I'd be like, but why? You're like, don't worry about it. I'm like, I'm going. So I love you. I love you. I love you. You're just a bright light in this world. And I'm so, so happy that even if a fifth of the rays that you emanate from your light touches my my life every day. And I'm so thankful for that. I really oh, am. Thank so. you. You're going to make me cry. Like sir. I keep saying that every time I, I sit down with someone else and like, man, I just... It's so good to just finally be purposeful, on purpose, like just to be in a space where I don't have to give up who Georgia is, but that I still have the opportunity to serve him and like to just be me all the time. And, and so I thank you and it's awesome. And I'm excited to see what is coming down 
the pike for you. It's so funny, guys. So <laughs> I got to tell you guys this too. It's like I uh, Viv set on the casting for me when I did um, Bad Girl Blues. I had I wrote a stage play and I I, I had Viv sit on the uh, on on the panel for me because of who she is and just her talent and all that. I mean, this woman it has so many beautiful talents. But anyway, Viv was sitting on the <laughs> sitting on as we were casting members for the play and. I told her, I said, oh, you know, you have a part in the play, right? She's like, what? I'm like, oh, yeah, I already have you. You know, you're in the play. And so once again, she indulged me and uh, she was in the play. <laughs> that part came about because I opened my big fat mouth. And uh, I've since learned not to voice certain ideas just arbitrarily in the presence of Miss Little John because it will become a reality. And uh, that's what happened. And but you know what? It was so great. That was a wonderful experience. Thank you again. Um, and you need to take that show on the road. Uh, not with me though. Like I'm not volunteering for that part. <laughs> I'll help you. I'll help you pr produce it. <laughs> but definitely take Bad Girl Blues on the road, girl. That thing was real. Yes, y'all heard her say. There are you artists heard. around this country that need to see that play yes yes y'all yeah. heard her say here that she helped me produce it so i got it on i got it on record i got it on file yes it's it is coming like i said i had to truly get into this purpose and now god is allowing me to and he will allow me to um get back into my passions which is writing and i mean all of those anything creative i just i enjoy doing that decorating and all of that good stuff but it's coming. It's coming. It's going. Yeah, because listen, stuff comes downhill when you are surrounded with great people. So once Viv gets fake up and in, in, in the theaters and all of that, then there's my opportunity. You know, I'll be right there with like, hey, girl, you know, I got this play. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. Hey, girl, you know, I got this book, Miracle's Destiny. Mm -hmm. I see that as a movie, too. So, you know, that's yeah. why we have to surround ourselves with wonderful, talented, true sister friends. And so, yes. all right, y'all, that was what our title was today, friends, and talking about sister friends and the importance of having sister friends. And it's so, so important that we are surrounding ourselves with other positive women that can encourage and lift and inspire and feed into us. And for even, you know, Viv, I actually too, even for um, those women who aren't quite there yet, I still find space for them too, because there's something that's so rooted, something that someone has hurt them or wronged them or did them. And I have love for them too. So, I mean, I just, I always encourage people just find your tribe, just find your sistership and just watch God work and how he will do magnificent, magnificent things with that. And so just be open and yes. be willing, like you said, willing to share because you just don't know what will happen when you are willing to share. And guess what? It may come with the hurt. It may come with some disappointments. It may come with things that you didn't think. Like you said, you may lose some friendships, but that's their loss, not yours. You still just have to be true to who you are and then just turn it over to God. So it's all part of your journey. All part of your journey.
Absolutely. So, all right, so well, I thank y'all. Thank y'all for tuning yes. in on another episode. <laughs> another episode of Praying and Preaking with your girl Georgette. You guys, like I always say, I'm out. Take care. Be safe. Deuces. Until next time, we will see you again. Be safe. God bless. Love you guys. Bye. Lord, please praise up. Praise up. Yeah, praise up. Bless us from the Lord, put your praise up. Praise up. Praise up. Bless us from the Lord, put your praise up. It's your girl, Georgette, a.k.a. The Preaker, and stay tuned for some outtakes. Deuces! Okay. This, girl, this is the biggest set up ever. I mean, even Oprah gives her, gives her guests the subject, the topic, something. But I'm I, not Oprah. I'm not Oprah, okay? I'm Georgette. Girl, you're on your way, but I'm thinking, what? Vivian, are you crazy? The woman just invited you to her podcast. That's great. I'm excited. I want to support her. So, what's the topic? Mm-mm. Huh? No, you don't get the topic. I said, well, what am I supposed to wear or do or say? Don't worry about any of that. You'll be fine. What are you talking about? And then I must be a martyr or a crazy person because I'm like, okay, I'll do it. That's because you love me. You love me. Yes, Listen. She even got a red lip for me and everything, y'all. I wish y'all could see it. She got a red lip, Hansi. This is Miss Doctor Vivian Luke with the ready with the hat. I wasn't ready for this. I might have to go get a red lip too. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go.